You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. I am so excited because in today's episode, I'm having a conversation with a total badass friend of mine, Annie Spano. She's a former math teacher and corporate marketer with a BS in math- mathematics education and her MBA. She's also the founder of Style Collective, which is an online support community with influencer education to help empower women to find their purpose, be inclusive, and achieve success. Annie has made it her mission to empower other women, improve their happiness, and help them achieve their goals through sisterhood and support of a shared passion, which I'm sure you know I love, 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 and I'm all about myself. So be sure to stay tuned through this episode, drop us your thoughts on social media, and without further ado, welcome Annie. Yay! Thank you so much for the warm welcome. I'm so excited to be here today. Yay. So give us the backstory of you jumping right into it. Maybe why you started Style Collective, where you were before that, and what you're tackling now. Yes. Um, So I started Style Collective at the end of 2015 is when I started the idea and officially launched February of 2016. And the inspiration from it came from a personal experience, reframing a negative experience and using it as motivation to help others and really find my purpose. I had been working in a corporate environment for five years and about midway went back to school, got my MBA and realized from a couple of classes that I took, especially or specifically a leadership class, um, that I was being bullied in the workplace by another female. And up until that point, I just thought it was normal and it was part of the culture and everybody hates their corporate job. So why should I be any different? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but I, I soon realized that it wasn't normal and that I shouldn't be having nervous breakdowns before I went to work. I shouldn't be locked in someone's office and yelled at, screamed at, and be crying hysterically and having panic attacks in team meetings. I just, I realized, you know, this should not be happening. <laughs> so no, it should as, not. <laughs> no. And, um, So while I was being torn down in the workplace by a woman who felt, um, I guess, threatened by other women or like, you know, I don't want to assume what she was feeling and why she was acting that way, but she was tearing me and other women down. And I used this really negative and defeating experience to think of other ideas, um, other ways I could help people on the side. So I did a lot of different things. I did some marketing consulting. I started selling Chloe and Isabel jewelry. I started a blog. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I needed to get out and I needed to save myself. And through that process, realized that there were other women online, other female bloggers starting the same time as me. And when we came together, we collaborated, we shared ideas. We actually lifted one another up and found success faster rather than competing with one another. And it was this crazy contrast. Well, during the day, 
I was being torn down by a work bully. And then at nighttime, I was being uplifted by my new female blogging friends. And so from there, I thought, you know, maybe I'm on to something. Maybe, maybe I can use my teaching background because before my corporate career, I was a math teacher and I'm, my bachelor's is in teaching. I'm like, maybe I can use my education background and learn relearn social media marketing and this industry because I've always been into like blogs and the online world and Mm -hmm. making websites was a hobby of mine when I was in high school. So I've always just loved the digital space. And I told the original members, like the founding members of Style Collective, we were just all in this little Facebook group at the end of 2015. I told them that I wanted to turn it into a business because I really felt like this clarity around a sense of purpose and wanting to help others but do it in an affordable way so that it could I could help as many people as possible and I told them that I was only going to do it if I had their support because I felt so low and my confidence was just like through like so so low like I was down in the pits and I was crying every day before going to work and so they all loved the idea and I will always, always credit these girls for giving me the push that I needed um, because after they said, yes, we love this idea, then um, I gave my notice <laughs> and I was no turning back. And actually, um, November 25th, which is coming up, or I don't know when this is going live, but November 25th is what I call my fearless day. That's, that was my last day of my corporate job. <laughs> and that was my start to being an entrepreneur and creating Style Collective, which opened a couple of months later. I love that. So I want to take, go back to a word that you referenced that I love and that I think is important, reframing. And that's Mm. something I've had to do myself and was familiar with from therapy sessions galore, but I'm sure that that's something, maybe that's a new word to some people. So can you walk us through, if you remember, what kind of process you actually went through to reframe the situation that you were in um, and maybe some advice for how to actually go about doing that because I'm sure that there are, are some people listening in who might have something that needs reframing to kind of get them beyond it and to that next step of something that will be good for them but maybe feel mm-hmm. a little bit stuck in terms of how to actually think of it so that it has some semblance of positivity or purpose for that next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reframing is really hard to do mentally, um, especially in your 20s. So when I was going through this, I mean, I had just turned 30 and all through my 20s, it was like one thing after another. I thought that, you know, I was going to graduate college. I was on a very clear path based off of how I was raised and my parents' expectations and society and culture and wanting to do like all of the things that were expected of me, which was get a good career, get married, buy a house, have kids, maybe get some pets, do some traveling, you know, like do all of the things that if you want to do them, then that's great. Or do the things that we feel like we should be doing because that's how we were raised to think that that's what we should be doing. So you know, lo and behold, you know, within 10 years after graduating college, so I graduated in 2007. And by the time it was 2017, I had already changed careers three times. And I was not exactly living my ideal life or my what I thought was my dream life. I wasn't like on my path that I thought that I was going to be on. And that was so 
hard for me mentally because when I had realized that my dream of climbing the corporate ladder, staying in my corporate job, like I thought that, you know, once I had left teaching, I thought my corporate career, like, this is it. This is my dream job. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get my MBA because I don't really know business. And so I invested $40,000 in business school and then realized after I graduated that this is not what I want to do. And so when you are going through these transformative experiences, it is so hard because you feel a little lost, you feel conflicted, you don't really know, like you're kind of standing at this fork. And I think another way to think of it too is like it's a redirection. When things happen in your life and they go they don't go according to plan. They don't go how you thought they were going to, or something happens that's out of your control. It is a point in the path where you can just keep going the way that you were. You can be stubborn. You can push through it. You can keep doing what you were doing before because that's what you think you're supposed to do, or that's how you were raised and you thought that's what you were supposed to do. Or you can embrace this new path, which is the harder, scarier, um, path that people are not exactly going to be supportive of because they can't understand it. So you may have to keep it to yourself for a while if you're scared about telling friends and family about this new path that you're taking. But it's in those like pivotal and transitional moments that it's really hard emotionally to let go of something that was your dream and to embrace it as a redirect and to reframe it into something positive where you could just look at it as like, Um, the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to you. Like it would have been so easy for me to be like, oh my God, my corporate job was my dream. And like, this is now that I know it's not going to happen. Like, what am I going to do? And just have like a mental breakdown and cry about it, which is okay to, and you have to, you almost have to grieve the person that you were and that you wanted to be. And you have to be reborn and become somebody else and take the initiative to go down that new path. So it's really hard. It's really, really hard emotionally to go through these things in life. And I just want whoever's listening to know, like, it's not easy. And if you're feeling all of these things like alone and defeated and scared and like unsure, like just keep persisting and keep doing it because whatever it is that you have in your heart, that it's going to be worth it. And nobody else is going to understand your decision. That's the other hard part too. Sometimes you're not going to have support of friends and family. Um, and you're going to have to do it by yourself or with the support of maybe one or two other people that really understand what you're trying to do. But it's worth it. You only have one life to live. And if it's something that really is meaningful to you or um, other people that you'll be able to help, then you have to do it. Like you have to fulfill it. Absolutely. I love that. And it reminds me of, it reminds me of something my mom used to tell me all the time when I was dating, which is like totally different than career, (laughs) obviously, but Mm -hmm. it's like, so often I think you might, maybe you date someone and you think, Oh, they're the one or they're fantastic. And then you get dumped and you're like, Oh my gosh, where do I go from here? And she always used to say, you know, pick out the good that you can, whatever good you can garner from it and the things that you've learned from it. And then that's what you take with you to the next step. And it makes you a better person through that journey. So maybe 
getting dumped made you, you know, learn what you will and will not stand for in a relationship or made you stronger in some way or whatever sort of lesson you gathered. I think that always helped me personally then with reframing in other areas of life was kind of like, all right, the situation sucks. It's not at all what I expected. It's not at all what I thought I wanted, but what along the line did I learn? What sort of positive tidbit was, you know, came about because of this experience? And then maybe that's why the experience happened because you needed to learn that specific thing or you needed that specific tool. And mm -hmm. it's all just putting you on that path and continuing on that path towards the next thing, which might be what you're actually meant to do. So mm -hmm. I love that. I, I think that um, Ariana Grande was inspired by your mom with her song, Thank You Next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You looked at corporate America and you were like, thank you next. I'm yep. CEO. <laughs> yes. But like all the things that you learn from your, your past boyfriends, your past relationships, and you take them with you as you move forward. It's, it's exactly. very similar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this earlier too. So I know a big start, a big part of starting Style Collective for you stemmed from a lack of women supporting women in the workplace. What do you think is the root of that? Like, why do you think it's still so hard for some women to step up and just genuinely support each other? And going along with that, what do you think needs to happen to truly change that for the better moving forward? Oh man, it's such a loaded question. <laughs> it's just, I think that everyone is just so different. And like, I really try to keep the mindset of like, everyone's really just trying to do the best that they can do. And I really don't want to judge anyone for their experiences or their upbringings or anything like that. And there's just so much that goes into that equation. Like I know my parents' generation, they were raised by parents that went through world wars and the great depression. So the way that they were raised was like very strict, very controlling in my personal experience with my dad, um, just very strict and like controlled and disciplined. And like, you did what you were supposed to do. Otherwise you got beat with the hose or a shoe. You know, it's like <laughs> my Italian family in newer shows. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, People grow up with different parents and different cultures, different experiences, and these things get passed down from generation to generation. And then other things happen too, like you lose a parent at a young age or something traumatic happens, and that can dramatically change the course of your life and how you react to others, how you treat others. Maybe you were abused by your parent. Like There are just so many things that go into the way that people treat others, which usually stems from personal experiences and think like learned behaviors that they have just held on to their entire life and have not really become self-aware or realized that these behaviors are no longer serving them and not serving others. And so, you know, some people I know like for my dad, like he's become way more self-aware in his 60s. Whereas for me, because I, I'm personally, business school helped me become very self-aware. And then being a business owner and interacting with people all the time has also helped me realize like some of my bad habits that I learned from growing up or maybe some bad habits I picked up from that corporate workplace that were culturally acceptable within that little bubble, but aren't really acceptable as an entrepreneur. So I think that 
if you are being attacked by someone or mistreated or somebody's throwing you shade, just remove yourself from the situation because it's actually not about you and it's most likely them and something that, you know, just the way that they are, whether whatever that experience or behavioral traits that they've learned. Um, it's not about you. It's about them. So that's how like I'm able to not have a grudge with my work bully and I've been able to move past it because I just know like she has her own path and story and I don't know why she mistreated me and other women in the workplace, but all I can do is just like take that and use it as motivation to do good in the world and make sure, you know, try my best in my little corner of the world to make women feel loved and like they are capable and they can pursue their passions. And so if I'm doing my part to help women, then they're going to go out and they're going to help people as well. And so I'll create like this little domino effect in my corner of the internet, you know? (laughs) I totally love that. And I think that that's really good advice too for people who maybe you're not in a position to actually leave the environment that you're in. And that can be the most suffocating and difficult feeling. But I love that little mindset shift of just being able to think, all right, this is not necessarily personal. Even if it is, it's not necessarily a reflection of you personally. It's more that reflection of them. And I think it's awesome that you were able to look at that compassionately and think, okay, maybe this person is going through something or has gone through something that's affecting them. So, you know, taking that into account and not necessarily internalizing all of it completely, that's probably, hopefully, helpful advice for anyone listening who might feel stuck and not at a place where they can jump ship right away and has to endure this, where it feels like, maybe it feels like high school or middle school all over again, where you just want to leave and can't. So I think that that's a really good good piece of advice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a dichotomy of someone projecting onto you, but then also, you know, considering their feedback and thinking about yourself and how you act and react in those difficult situations. And maybe there's some things that you can personally work on that won't trigger that other person to act that way. So, I mean, there is a little bit of a balance. We can't put the full blame on the other person. Um, There's definitely some personal work that goes into it as well to manage other people's perceptions of you and therefore minimize the attacking that that goes along with it. I think there's a whole new podcast episode there just in terms of (laughs) knowing the difference between constructive criticism and when to accept feedback versus something being a personal attack in one ear out the other. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've done a whole bunch of things. You've done math and teaching, you've done your MBA, you've done interior design now. I think you've also yes. done law, right? Like I think you've done law. I haven't, no, I haven't done oh, law. No. I'm math. adding that to your resume for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you also run a collective for style influencers besides having your own podcast, Becoming Fearless. So, all right. Do you believe in balance? And if so, what on earth are your tips for being somewhat balanced? Because girlfriend, you have got a full plate. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, my dad is very disciplined. (laughs) All of my professors in school would say my middle name was discipline. (laughs) Not a bad middle name to have. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I think part of it that definitely plays into 
setting goals and achieving them and seeing things through. And when things do get in the way or come up, learning how to say no. And balance is definitely difficult to achieve at times. Um, as you mentioned, I do style collective. I have a podcast. Um, I'm currently taking a break from the podcast, but I am starting it back up this fall. I had to take a break because I was just overwhelmed. So taking breaks is part of balance. And then at the beginning of 2019, I wanted to pursue another passion of mine, which was interior design. So I also have interior design clients, which range anywhere from full home renovations and flip projects like you see on TV to like decorating one room in somebody's house. It, it's like a huge gamut of projects um, and how much time they take up. So balance is just about prioritization. What is most important to you? And for me, like working so many years in such a toxic work environment, I love working if it fuels me and I'm passionate about it and it makes people happy. Like I'm an extrovert. I think this is the other thing too, is like kind of knowing your personality type. So I'm an extrovert and I love, I love talking to people, helping people, being around people. So for me, my work doesn't feel draining. I don't feel like I ever need to take a break from my work. And actually like when I take too much time away from my work, I miss it. Like I, I hate, like my husband and I went to the beach for four or five days over the summer and like maybe two days in, I was so antsy. I was like, I need to get back to work. Like I can't just sit on this beach. So, I think I need it's to design a room. I know, like I need to go create. I can't yeah. just sit here. So I think it's like knowing your personality type, knowing when you need to take a break. Um, just prioritizing what's, what's most important. Like we we're very lucky. We have the luxury where it's just me and my husband. We've known each other for 13 years. We've been married for 10. So I have his support. I support him in his career and what he wants to do. We don't have any kids or pets, which is our choice. And like, we like to have a social life. We like to travel and visit family, but we fit it in um, where we can. So for us, like we've made our careers, our priority, our relationship, a priority, um, health and wellness. Like we have a morning routine. We always go to the gym in the morning and eat breakfast together. And then sometimes even though we both work from home, I won't see him until like dinner time because we're both crazy on the phone or running around or whatever. So I think everybody's definition of balance is different because some people will like to work less and some people will like to work more because it fulfills them. So it's just establishing those like values and principles for yourself. And uh, when you are in a little bit of, um, when you aren't aligned, you'll start to feel it. You'll start to feel like a little bit burned out. And that's when I know I need to, you know, kind of take a step back or maybe not take on so many projects or not do as many things, which is why I took a break from the podcast. I was feeling very overwhelmed and it's okay to take breaks when you need to. Totally. I love that. It sounds like the two big keys there are your intentionality and individuality, knowing your actual intentions behind everything and being very intentional with everything, with your time, your priorities, the whole nine yards and knowing yourself and really catering to your own strengths and how, just how you are as a person. So mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because a lot of people might not 
might be going through life like, oh, how do I, feeling like they're throwing all these plates in the air and not catching any of them and might be completely missing the fact that they're not checking in with themselves. Like, but who am I at my core? What do I need and what do I want? And really kind of planning everything else out from there. So that was, mm -hmm. I think, really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so since your own path has had so many twists through the years, did you know which turn you wanted to take every time along the way? Or were you ever kind of figuring it out as you went? And then did any of that ever affect how you felt about yourself? If you ever felt like you were going through something blindly, did it ever just impact maybe your self-esteem or your confidence, or do you kind of feel like you had a handle on things and were confidently making those steps as you transitioned paths? Um, okay, so everybody goes through bad things in their lives, and sometimes those bad things, they put you on the path to the best things that will ever happen to you. I love so, that. <laughs> thank you. And I think the only way to persevere and thrive and just keep moving forward is to keep a positive mindset even when things don't go your way. So surround yourself with positive quotes and positive music and people that make you happy and and surround yourself with, you know, people and work and things that just inspire you and continue to motivate you because nothing ever goes your way. And so <laughs> for me, I've had so many of these moments in my life and I don't ever look at myself as a victim. I look at these, these pivotal moments as something that happened as for a reason. It's something that tested me, not so that I could discover my weakness, but so I could discover my strengths my mm -hmm. superpowers, my own personal superpowers. So, you know, a couple that stand out to me and one is not career related. So in 2002, and this is 17 years ago when I was 17. Um, so about, you know, halfway through my life, current life, um, my mom was sick with cancer and she had passed away. So Dealing with that as an adolescent was um, very debilitating, crippling at times. Um, grief at that age is difficult. Your brain is still developing and you don't really know, understand what's going on. And so for me, persevering through that dark time was saying to myself, okay, moving forward, I'm either going to dwell on this and become really sad and not do anything for a while because I just want to feel my feelings and, you know, be an emo 17 year old, or I am going to use this as a moment to guide me to do really well in school and achieve all of the things that I told my mom that I was going to do. And I'm going to make her really proud. I'm going to, you know, make her proud as her oldest daughter. And I'm going to also set an example for my little sister who was 11 at the time. So that's what I did. I, I didn't take all the fun electives that my friends took. I took pre-calc and physics <laughs> senior <laughs> year. Um, but it paid off. I got into the school that I wanted to go to. Um, I did well in school. I was an elementary education major and then graduated from school. and was a teacher for two years and then the economic housing crisis happened and I was let go from my teaching job. And then six months later, um, which was also about 
five, six months after I had gotten married, my husband was laid off from his job in the city. We both lived in New Jersey at the time. So our first year of marriage, we were both unemployed, living in my mother-in-law's spare bedroom, right? That's not exactly how you envision your life when you're walking across your graduation stage the year prior to that, two years prior to that. So these things, these types of situations happen all the time. They test you and you can either see it as defeat and you can get down around yourself or you can look at it from a very like holistic perspective and be like, okay, where is the learning in this? What can I do to keep moving forward? What is a strength that I have that maybe I wasn't really using? And so for me, like, I was a math major and I have a good balance of like creativity. Like in the classroom, I loved being creative, but I also loved like the analytical side of, of math. So I would kind of combine the two in the way that I taught. So then I realized that I didn't really love teaching with the politics and the administration and the union and tenure and like all this crazy stuff. Um, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I didn't continue down my teaching path and had a year off to think about, I mean, I was 24. I'm like, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know. Um, and ended up going into the corporate world. But then, you know, as you know, as I talked about previously, that didn't pan out either. So looking back, like, yeah, a lot of negative things happen, a lot of redirects, a lot of like twists and turns in the path, which is not how I thought my life was going to go at all. Um, just because growing up, my dad has had the same career. He's worked at the same job for the last like 40 years. And so I always thought that would just be my life. I would just follow that same path, but I didn't. And it's okay. And it's okay that these things didn't go according to plan because there's something better that happened as a result. So I think just like keeping an open mind to the fact that like something better is going to happen because something didn't go your way. I think it's a, a way to stay positive through a different difficult situation. Definitely. I love that you mentioned that about perspective. It throws me back to the very first episode of Thrive, where I said the power of your perspective is that whether the glass is half full or half empty, the volume inside is exactly the same. So mm -hmm. I think what you just said there is so powerful because it really does point to the power in your perspective and getting through the hard times and the pain that we all inevitably go through at some point or another and not letting that be the thing that controls you, but forcing yourself to have some sort of perspective where you can regain control and composure in your life over whatever you can, even if all you can control is your mindset towards the situation. Yeah. And I want to add to that, like having a resource to help you through those difficult times, like when you're in the thick of it, it is hard Absolutely. and it sucks. It really sucks. And I feel you if you are in something difficult right now. And one of the things that really helped me was this book. It's called the five minute journal. Have you heard of that? I don't think so. Okay, so it's a little notebook, and it's basically a daily journal that only takes five minutes. So in the morning, you sit down and you write down, um, I think it's three things that would make today great, and then you put a daily affirmation that you write down. 
So what, how, however you're like struggling or however you want to like think of yourself because you're struggling with something, you would write that down. So every day you're writing down these like positive words about yourself that really help with your mindset. And then at the end of the day, you write like what you're grateful for and how you could have made today better. So it's just a way to like sit and reflect and really practice gratitude mm. for the things that you do have rather than focusing on like the really yucky stuff that's happening in your life right now. So that is a super helpful resource um, that I was introduced to by Tim Ferriss. I love his podcast. Um, and then another one too, like podcasts like yours, Thrive. I mean, that's the best podcast ever to listen to <laughs> if you're in the rut, right? <laughs> so podcasts are also a huge one as well. Awesome. I love that. So on a different note from perspective, purpose, you told me before that you think finding your purpose is one thing, but then staying in your purpose once you've been living your dream is a whole other ball game, which I couldn't agree with more. So how do you personally stay on purpose, if you will, and continually check in with yourself and redirect course if need be? to stay focused and headed in the right direction when there are so many unexpected things that may and inevitably do pop up and try to throw you off. Yeah. So finding your purpose is one beast in itself <laughs> and then sticking with it and being consistent and showing up every single day when things don't go according to plan or, um, the business you started, the industry changes, or maybe you decide you have different values and principles as you change and evolve and grow, um, and the business that you originally started no longer like serves you and fuels you and it starts to drain you. Um, there are just so many things that that come into play, and I think like checking in with yourself along the way when you have started a business is really important. And so that happened to me at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of 2019, where I had started Style Collective in 2016 and there was this huge, huge need for it. And I spent day and night, like so much of my life, I just poured into this business baby of mine and I still love it so deeply and so intensely. But I got to the point where at the end of 2019, there's now like so many other courses and communities and things available, which I think is awesome. I think it's so great that there's so many diverse offerings for content creators online and, and for women. But I found that Style Collective has just been kind of like the same, more or less, for the last two years. And sometimes businesses, like they get to a point of, they grow and then they get to a point and they just kind of stabilize. And I don't think enough people talk about this online. You always hear people like 5Xing and 10Xing and seven-figuring their businesses. <laughs> it's like, what about the people who like grew a successful business and then just maintained it? Yeah. I think that that is also a huge, huge success to achieve. And so that's where I was. And I really had to think about, okay, like, do I want to still spend 100% of my time and my life on only style collective or are there other things that I like doing? Like I am a multifaceted, multi-purpose woman. There are so many things that I love, right? Yep. There's so many things that I love aside from helping women and social media and making your blog your career. Like I love all of those things, but like there's other things I like too. So I thought about 
what that might look like. And, you know, one of the ideas I had toyed with back in 2015 when I'd been doing like all the things on the side was maybe I want to do interior design, but like, I don't have a degree in it. I don't have a certification. Like I have no experience in this, but I really love it. And, um, our house that we had bought when we lived in, we had lived in New Hampshire for seven years. Like we flipped the inside ourselves after we bought it. So that kind of got my interest going in interior design. Um, so then I thought I was telling like one of my friends that down here and she's a realtor and my husband was also telling her like, Oh, like Annie has been wanting to get into interior design, but she doesn't really know where to start. And she was like, Oh, I bought this property. And it's like this little house from 1950 and I would love your help with designing it. And so that like opened the door and then I started doing like networking and growing from there. And like, I have my client list now, but it was like this point of like, just because I started my business and I felt like it defined me and I, it doesn't mean that that's what I should always be doing and doing until the end of time. Like businesses start, they grow they just like maintain themselves they serve their purposes they can just continue to be successful and you can do other things if you find that your purpose and staying in your purpose maybe that means adding other things or like removing things that are no longer serving you things that like you can now come to this point in time and be like okay like for me running i used to be really into running and i did a half marathon back in 2011 but like now it's like, I can't run. I get injured really easily. So that's now a thing that I did and it's in the past. And like, that's the old me. That's like an old thing that I used to do and it's part of my life, but it's in the past and I'm not going to go back to it. So sometimes it's okay to like, again, like redirecting like your passion and your purpose in life. And it's okay to like change what you're doing if you want to. That's funny because I had the exact same situation where I was a competitive runner for years and then couldn't because my knees are anatomically crooked. So now I end up in like debilitating pain after years of running competitively and like cartilage uh. on my knees and I can't do it anymore. So what I love with that though is it's like not associating or identifying yourself with the job or with yes. the thing. It's like being hmm. able to know yourself outside of that so that you aren't just like you are a runner well okay for exactly like what happened to you and I if something happens where you can no longer run if all you knew was yourself with the with the task or with the sport or with the whatever then mm -hmm. now your whole that's where people I think end up confused or you feel like you lose you go through an identity crisis exactly because you associated literally your identity with a specific thing instead of knowing who you are without that and people do that all the time with jobs with relationships associating yourself as well i am so and so's girlfriend or i am this job title that when you might not be that anymore it really throws you for a loop so i love that you stay focused on what you are loving yourself and checking in with yourself and saying, all right, what, what feels right for me in this moment, even if it's not what I was doing for whatever amount of time I was before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's, you know, another hard thing to do to go through that. I was really scared at the beginning of the year that the girls that were part of style collective were going to look at me and be like, what is she doing? She must not be serious about Style Collective anymore. Like she, she must not care about us the way that she used to. But 
I mean, I was talking about this with my husband and those fears. I was actually like just talking to him about it this week. I've like kept it to myself all this time. And I was telling him about that last week and he goes, well, you know, your business doesn't necessarily need a hundred percent of your time to be successful. It can still be the same level of success that it was in the past, but now you have people helping you with those, with certain tasks so that you're not spending 100% of your time. And like, nobody really knows the difference from the outside. And I was like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Speaking of your business, since you're bringing the podcast back into play soon, and since your podcast is called Becoming Fearless, where do you think is the intersection between becoming fearless and thriving in life? Oh, the intersection between becoming fearless and thriving. So for me, like my personal definition of becoming fearless is taking a leap of faith that feels so incredibly scary, but you know that you have to do it because the alternative of staying where you are and just being in status quo is worse. You almost get to the breaking point where staying where you are is just going to suffocate you Mm. and you can just no longer do it. And I think everybody gets to these, these pivotal moments in their life where they have to make a choice They either stay and suffer or they take the leap, the leap and they grow and then they thrive. And I think that's what, I think that's where the intersection is, is like, saying yes to yourself is like an act of self-love, an act of service to yourself. Um, And then because you did that, you'll find your way. Maybe the thing you're being fearless for, like your idea that you have doesn't pan out, but you'll figure out something else and you'll eventually get there. You'll learn something along the way. You'll gain skills that you otherwise wouldn't have gained. And I think that's where you really thrive is when you take that chance and you say yes to yourself. So important. And that's, we talked about that on the very first episode too, the difference between (laughs) surviving and thriving. And we all go through life with the ability to just play it safe and simply survive, but we all owe it to ourselves to be willing to take that next step, become fearless, step it up, and thrive. So I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What advice would you give to anyone who is really struggling with self-doubt right now and maybe is their own worst enemy in getting to that next level of becoming fearless, pursuing their dream, thriving, if they just feel burdened by that self-doubt and questioning if they can really do it, what would you tell them? I would tell them it's normal. It is completely normal to feel that way. It is part of life. It's part of your 20s and your 30s. And I don't know, I'm not at my 40s and 50s and 60s yet, but I'm sure it's part of that phase of life as well. And It's just like, don't feel alone. Don't feel like there's something wrong with you. Don't look around to everyone else who seems to have it all together, especially on social media. We all, I mean, we all know, we hear all these like cliche phrases, like Instagram is a hologram and Instagram is like the highlight reel, but really keep those um, at the forefront and realize that everybody is struggling with their own stuff underneath and just not sharing it all. So it's normal. Life is certainly not easy, but if you keep, try to keep a positive perspective and look at everything as like 
something good is happening or you're learning something or there's a reason why this happened. You may not understand what that reason is right now, but you will later on. I think if you just, just keep moving forward, don't feel defeated, surround yourself with other people who will uplift you and help you see your highest potential when maybe you're kind of down in the dumps. You don't feel like you have any value or anything left to give, but I promise you, you have it inside of you. You just have to uh, make it happen. Just keep chipping away every single day. That's what matters most. Absolutely. So I want to wrap things up with a question that I ask every guest who comes on Thrive. And that is, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? Thriving to me means living in alignment with the things that I think are most important to me that help others. So I really try to live my life with compassion and empathy and always putting others before myself, but also thinking of myself in that picture, like self-care, time for myself, time for my relationships. What do I want out of my business, out of my life? So I think thriving is just trying to balance everything the best that you can do and always just making a positive difference in the world and helping others along the way. Love that. So where can people find you online? Yes. So if you want to come check out Style Collective, the website is stylecollective.us. We are having a conference in March of 2020. So I would love to meet you in person if you are interested in attending our event. Um, our Instagram is at stylecollective underscore. And then if you want to come say hi to me, my Instagram is Annie underscore Spano. And then website, same thing, AnnieSpano.com. Awesome. So if you need interior design services, you know who to ask. <laughs> Thanks, Erica. <laughs> awesome. so thank you so, so much for coming on Thrive today. I hope this was helpful for everybody because I think this was an awesome, you dropped so many bombs of wisdom on everyone. So hopefully everyone took notes. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you for having me. And just like one last reminder, Stop holding yourself back. And if you aren't happy, then make a change. Love that. Become fearless, go forth and thrive. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.